0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling
0: and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 46. The New York Rangers are coming off one of the biggest wins of the season, and the trade deadline is almost over. Will the Rangers make a move? What will the Rangers do is the question everyone is waiting for, but first I have to ask Andy, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, just following a big boy win over uh, and a clean sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning. If you're listening to this Monday morning, the trade deadline is in a scant few hours. So obviously we apologize that this podcast comes out before the trade deadline. So I'm sure most of the things we talk about or cover might not be evergreen by the time you're listening to this. But it's obviously a really exciting time. Um, just in general, as a hockey fan, just watching where all the rumor names go. We now know Claude Giroux is officially going to the Florida Panthers, Pampas Lindholm is going to the Boston Bruins. So, dominoes are finally falling which we've been clamoring for for the last few weeks and it's just been interesting to see where guys uh, end up popping up and where they, yeah, you know, what what packages are being put together for them. And uh yeah, definitely seems like a uh a seller's market right now based on the haul some uh players have gotten so far. So, um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Chris Drury does, but obviously I'm still riding the high after uh, the heroics from last night.
1: Yeah, uh, but first things first, Andy, I need to get this off my chest a little bit because I feel like um, we didn't obviously cover the Islander game, and we don't really need to talk about that since they lost to the Islanders, but uh, I feel like I made fun of, um, God. now now it's slipping in my mind, um, the coach of the Islanders, Andy. Why is this? Barry, slipping Barry, my mind? Trotz. Barry Trotz. God, I'm like, Galant kept on popping up in my head. But w- when we saw Barry Trotz, I made reference to that in the last podcast and I made a joke that he might be going to the M&M store. And then I almost made the joke in my head uh, later that day that he kind of does look like one of the M&M characters <laughs> like where there's just no neck. It's just the, the limbs and just, the uh, body. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the hockey gods were might have been a little angry at me and punished me with the Islanders' loss, two one. Just a heartbreaking loss uh, with Palmieri scoring the game winning goal so late in the game, just absolutely shattering me. And missed call with the elbow to Lindgren. It just seemed like you know it was a uh, the universe stepping in and you know you know punishing me for making that um, you know I guess ill advised comment about Barry Trotz. Potentially. Uh, but, you know, I,
0: like I said, we didn't really get to talk about it. Thank you for covering for me the other day. Obviously, just, uh, yep, um, band practice. So we have a, a show coming up next month. So we have to start getting preparing. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Rangers played, that's a game that could have went either way. Obviously, Sorokin made a number of huge saves, including a, a save of the year candidate on uh, Panarin after a nice pass from Vitrano, And then Mika whiffed on an empty cage as well after a, a pass from Kreider on the power play. So honestly, that's a game that could have been three, two Rangers. But again, we spoke about this last time we were together, that as long as you're playing the right way and just not playing the way they were earlier in this season, that's all I really care about. And then the result usually takes care of itself. Obviously, a lot of missed calls for the Rangers in that game, but then they, they got a lot of calls the next game. So, and, and that's the thing, that it evens yourself out. And I think to Gallant's point is that you just need to play the right way and obviously you can be either happy or disappointed you didn't get the win. But usually if you're playing winning, you know, just playing it, the quote unquote, and I know it's a coaching cliche, the right way that the results usually even out and take care of themselves. So this is three games in a row now, if we're in, including the uh, game against Tampa last night since. Uh, yeah, since uh, the Rangers kind of got started after a, a disaster of a road trip, they ended luckily ended on a high note in uh, in dallas and then yeah they've just they played good hockey three games in a row against uh, pretty good teams the islanders are are looking more like the team they were last year that was a, a game away from the stanley cup final uh and yeah i mean obviously tampa is our the defending state two-time champions and the rangers get the clean sweep on them this season and yeah they, they were in it you know it was a little flat in the first but they They got up to speed and they were the better team in the second. And then the third was pretty, pretty even. And but obviously the Rangers um, were doing more to draw those calls and using their legs more. And they've been skating better recently, which is nice to see. Because for a while I thought they looked they were looking like they had very little gas left in the tank.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you look at that Tampa Bay game and and you think to yourself, you're like, is this a team that it like is this a team that can compete in the playoffs? And that Tampa game kind of had a playoff vibe to it. Uh, I know the Rangers fans certainly showed up in abundance at the, the Mali arena, and obviously the New York Rangers travel very well down in Florida, whether that be against the Panthers or the lightning and you know you just felt like there was a ton of buzz in that building and almost felt like it was a playoff game and and for a lot of you know New York Ranger fans, you know this was a a big game for us, and it was a a game after a tough loss against the New York islanders, and I said, you know. You know, I I think I told you this, but it was like one of those games where you hope that as a group, they came together after that Islander game and were like, you know, this is fucking bullshit. Like, let's bounce back here and get a big win over Tampa after kind of a a BS loss against the Islanders. And I felt like they did that. And the Islanders are a very good team. You're not going to be able to play 60 minutes of perfect hockey against them. But, you know, you're able to do little things correctly and you got to weather the storm because. They're going to get their opportunities. They're going to get their chances. They're one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, they have won you know Stanley Cups back to back, and and that core of that team hasn't really changed much. Um, they have great goaltending in Vasilevsky. Um, you know, you know, obviously Braden Point is now just a, a, a absolute star for them, and you know they're they're a team that you know especially as as long as Hedman's health, healthy you know, they're going to be a team that's going to be competing for a Stanley Cup. And I felt like the Rangers were able to bounce back after a tough loss. They didn't hang their heads and, and you know, kind of cry about it. They, you know, got back to business and had to play a 60-minute game against, you know, one of the best teams in the league. And once again, uh, you know, I bring up goaltending Vasilevsky for two reasons. Number one, it just goes to show you that good the Rangers are not the only team that benefit from good goaltending. You know, that's not all, that's not the total reason why the Rangers are su- successful, but you see what good goaltending gets you. Like, even from Tampa point of view, like Vasilevsky made a lot of great, good saves against us and, you know, kept Tampa back in it also. So, you know, I, I say that, Andy, because I'm really sick and tired of, well, the Rangers are a one trick pony. You know, if Igor's playing great, then, you know, they'll win games. If not, then they're screwed. But it's like, you know what? No, that's bullshit because, why does why does everyone get a pass for their good goaltending, but the Rangers, if they have it, then it's the only reason they won? You know, can you tell me what like why that is? I mean, granted, listen, Tampa is a different animal because it's your back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, so they have you know they have a lot to you know kind of back it up, but you know it, it's kind of bullshit that the Rangers are just now seeing as well. They're Igor, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, well, I'll say this, the Rangers were just Igor in the beginning of the season, um, but they have been improving defensively and moving away from that. But obviously the road trip, the problem is I think every time they've tried to turn the narrative and then they start getting attention, it's uh, they go on, they have that slump in the road trip where they're just leaving, they were leaving them out to dry two games in a row. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, I, it's kind of partially their fault because yes, listen, they did do that early on, but. Uh, yeah, but I, recently they've just, you know, for a little stints, maybe prior to that road trip. And then now they've, haven't been leaving out to dry. The shots were pretty low last night. I think they were what they were, I don't think any team had 30. It was, they no, were, it was they were like 28, 27 or something like yeah. that. And you know, I mean, he didn't, yes, he had to make some 10 bell saves, but I don't felt, I didn't really feel like he was under siege too much even when there was a few shifts extended shifts in in the rangers own end where tampa was just cycling and taking shots but they were doing a good job keeping them to the perimeter i mean the one problem with this rangers team is that sometimes they just kind of allow lose guys in the slot and that happens Mm -hmm. you know but they're getting better at it and they're getting more aware of it they still have a relatively young defense if you think about it and you know, I think Nemeth had a rough light night last night, which is probably why Chris Drury is most likely looking into, even though he's been better since coming back. You know, that was a rough one game for him last night. So you can imagine Drury might be looking to upgrade for his position. And even Schneider made a, you know, a turnover too. And Keandre. But, you know, I thought for the most part, the D was pretty good and the forwards did a better job helping out. Um, but just, yeah, a few times you had the first Tampa's first line uh, against the Rangers fourth line and we're hemming them in, you know, so but they did a good job and Chesty made a few pretty really good saves, but I didn't feel like it was just they were abandoning him in that game like they had at certain times this season. So yeah, but then again, we watch this team all the time. The rest of the league do not watch the Rangers every night. They just it's just noticeable when a guy who's having a Vezina caliber season um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just it gets more attention sometimes. So They're only looking at when things are bad, so or they they don't see the gradual change in this club. So, and yeah, I mean, I think most of the stats said that chances for were pretty much dead even. It was pretty much a dead even game, with just the Rangers did a better job. I think, Um, (laughs) although I I saw a lot of Lightning fans were complaining about a lot of missed calls. But you know, that was the Rangers' last game. It's just it is what it is. But I thought the Rangers did a better job of using their legs to draw draw calls and not and less about. Because Tampa was doing a lot of the obstruction that they're used to, that most playoff teams do, that the Islanders pretty, have pretty much, def, you know, perfected. Um, and the Rangers were just, you know, obviously Schneider takes an a interference penalty that I thought was a little soft, but he, he it's true. It's, it was a chip behind him, and you can't just hold a guy up like that. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I thought they did a better job using their legs to draw penalties. Obviously, Mika had an a low key amazing game not just not even counting his game winning goal. I thought he made some excellent defensive plays. he is skating with purpose, he looks really determined he's playing more physical than I've ever seen him Drew but penalties, in, yeah but you know what I like about Mika too is that he's figured out a way to play play physical but still using his his fleet of foot speed you know um and he's never going to be a banger, but just you know much better at leaning on guys and yeah, he's, this is the best I've seen Mika Zibanejad play. And this is, in you know, I think I like this version of Mika Zibanejad. Obviously, I love that he's an absolute, he has an absolute rocket. And then he was scoring all those goals. But I think the Rangers are such a better team with him. Just a, a more contained within himself, uh 200 foot player. You know, he broke up some, some two on ones. And yeah, he's just that long stick. He can make plays. He made some great, uh, plays on the pk and yeah it was just a game he's they call it mika march for a reason that this guy is an absolute monster when when march comes rolls around you know and uh yeah it kept rolling last night
1: yeah and you just see when he moves his feet and you know magical things happen and you know he's not afraid to you know uh you know kind of get into the corners now and when he does that he's so quick and so elusive that you know teams have to kind of reach and kind of clutch and grab him in order to slow him down and even off of like a big rush he he kind of slows his feet down for a second to get the defender to almost commit to him and then he you know hits him with another burst of speed and then all of a sudden he can turn the defenseman and they rely on you know a stick in the midsection possibly to slow him down and you just see what he's able to do when he's playing at his best and it's pretty remarkable and you know, obviously we need our guys like Mika and Panarin and Fox and even I'll even say Kreider to step up. But, um, you know, I'll even say to credit to Jacob Truba, you know, the guy's been say what you want. I think this is by far his best season as a New York Ranger. He's hitting career highs in terms of production. And, you know, I, I just think that I know people hate his contract and can't wait to get rid of it. And I Totally understand, and I'm probably with you more so than not. But I have to say, Andy Truba, in these big games, when it gets a little physical and there are a little bit more clutching and grabbing, you're very thankful to have a guy like that on your blue line, and you just see his, you know, presence there and his wherewithal and and you know, anticipation, knowing that okay, a shots coming down from the point, Vasilevsky's coming way out. And, you know, it gives a ju- big, juicy rebound, but he's there to hammer home uh, a rebound and then finally was able to put it home with the second shot. Believe it, the second shot. But shot, um, yeah. And he's yeah. had
0: a couple of uh, goals where he's, you know, snuck down from the shot to get in on a, a juicy rebound in the crease. You know what I mean? So and like to your point, James, it's all about timing. So he's been he's been doing that really effectively because he stays back pretty much for most of the game and then he picks his spot. And it ends up being perfect timing, and they don't expect it. because It's not like he's been doing it all game, you know what I mean?
1: So right, and and it's like little plays like that that you don't even really you know pick up and recognize. Like Vasilevsky, you can tell that was I. I don't know if he saw Truba sneaking down, which is why he thought he'd get ahead of the whole thing and reach his glove out and try to snag it. But it, it cost them like that. Vasilevsky was better off just eating the puck and staying a little bit back in the in the crease. And you can even say, you know, they tried, you know, uh, uh, you know, reviewing the play and questioning whether that was goalie interference and Hunt stayed out of the crease. It was a 50, 50 puck. Once the goalie reaches outside the crease, um, it's anyone's puck and and there's no real, no interference there. And, you know, it was a mistake Vascovsky made, but nonetheless, that's a mistake that's drawn from what the players are doing without the puck. Right. It's, it's, you know, Hunt being able to box out the defenseman and, you know, creating almost like a little chaos in front of the net. And then Truba sneaking down, which I think caused a little bit of uh, nervousness with Vasileski, which is why he kind of wanted to jump out ahead of that play and and snag the puck and get a dead play going. But, you know, the, nonetheless, the Rangers were able to tie it. And that was it. That was a huge goal. And obviously the ending, Andy, with, you know, Mika scoring that huge goal. Power play, wasn't able to do anything. But, you know, I think you have games like that. Like, overall, if you take the body of work on special teams, you have to be very happy where the Rangers are. And, you know, I just thought Tampa was really aggressive and we just weren't ready. And we didn't have the the patience to really get a second chance. You know, we'd get the puck moving around the perimeter, get a shot. But they clogged the middle so well that we weren't able to accomplish anything. So, you know, I don't know how Tampa is as a as a team with the PK this year, but I mean, they did a really good job against us. But eventually you get enough water finds its level and you're able to get one on the power play Uh, was a huge goal. But, you know, overall, Andy, I mean, you got to feel really good about this team uh, over the last couple games. I know it's been tough and things haven't always gone our way. But given the body of work, I mean, this team is playing hard. Uh, They're playing a little bit more structured and they're playing with a purpose here uh, with, you know, in the month of March because every game is a big one. So um, what do you, I don't really want to, we can get into this, Andy, the big question. I think every Ranger fan is thinking right now is Drury going to reward this team or is the reward for this team to keep everything the same?
0: I I think it's uh, somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's clear that there are spots that need to be upgraded and look, we're high on this team right now, but uh, they're going to play the Carolina hurricanes here in a few hours. And depending on how that game goes, you and I can go right back to like, these guys are pretenders and they're just not there yet. Um, Well, I agree that they're
1: not there yet, but it's, there's a difference between being not there yet. Like, and, and just being a pretender, like, uh, uh, you know, the Seattle Kraken are pretenders. They're not like that team's not built to win or be competitive right now. The New York Rangers are a team that is put together by design. Very good. But let's face it, I, Stanley Cup. I mean, we are a long shot for that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't think they're going to use their first on if like Raquel. We know now it's, it's shaping up to be a, a seller's market. And I don't think the Rangers are too keen on just using their first round pick on a rental. I know um, Seattle wants a first for Giordano, who the Rangers have been a, in on. And I think, and I think you know, most by now, most uh, insiders have alluded to this that they believe that Chris Drury understands that even though his team is in a, like they're in a good spot, they're probably ahead of schedule. They have had an excellent. They're getting an excellent season out of Igor Shosturkin, but it's really not the time to blow your wad and just uh, dump your primo assets. Especially when you know that come summer, look, I think he even he knows that that like obviously anything can happen in the playoffs. But for the most part, you don't really. They're not really penciled in for a spot in the Cup final, so. Yeah, I mean, there will be moves to be made over the summer. There'll be a bigger market when teams are not in the heat of battle. More players will be available, more names. Teams will be more willing to move on, maybe from guys when they're not feeling... Like they're, especially with half the Western Conference fighting it out to try to get in that last wildcard spot. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I think, Chris, if any moves that do get made will be moves that are relatively low cost for chris Drew. i mean we saw it with the Vitrano, which is a very again i we spoke about it last time but it's such a shrewd move in that it's like you can it's a way to upgrade your team but at the same time it's it, it's a rental so it gives them cap flexibility because obviously they have all the space this year and next year it's tight so they then they can depending on what happens in the summer maybe strom walks um maybe uh, they trade a, a surprising name or two and cap opens up, then they have the option to resign, uh, resign Vitrano if they, yeah. But at the same time, if they do end up losing Vitrano and this he was just a rental. Well, you don't really give up anything for him, you know? So <laughs> you're not, yeah, it really just, do, you don't feel that bad about it. Um, you just say this was, a, you know, I helped my team out and gave him a little bit extra punch up, up top, but without hindering myself. And now I still have, Heedle and Kravtsov um although you know the way he he's playing who knows maybe they m- might want to keep him as a th- around as a third liner um but yeah it's just uh it just they need this team I think he's going to value flexibility more than anything and I think we've seen that even though Drury is willing to overpay if he knows what he wants if he doesn't get the deal he wants sometimes it seems like or at least if he he what well, he has a line he's just willing to walk away and not cross cuz again he's he's they're here they're in their spot early. it's one thing if You've, you're a long tenured GM, and your kind of patience is growing thin with your fan base and your ownership group, and you got to just make a move, or you're a contender looking to st- you know uh, draw your window out as long as you can. But the Rangers are not there; they're just in the beginning stages of that. So, no reason to, you know, you can. I think if they bring in a a, a relatively low cost third pairing defenseman to replace Nemeth, I don't think it's going to betray the confidence of the room. You know what I mean? But at the same time, if you bring in a big fish, maybe, maybe it takes a lot of minutes or takes a spot away from some Strome on the first power play unit or something, uh, or the guy in the second. Yeah, that might that might. So, but you know, Mika said it last night. You know, uh, that's his job. We're happy with it. You know, obviously we have confidence within our room. But Frank, you know, Frankie's been a great addition. So yeah, we just uh, you know we have faith in our room. So political answer, but the right one. You know. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes
1: for details. And, and, you know, you do look at some of these guys, like Philip Butel is playing a lot better as of late. And it's like one of those things where it's like, mm, do we get rid of him now? Because he's playing a little bit better. You might get a little bit more for him. Maybe, you know, the team that you're trading to might see him a little bit more of as, as an asset now than, rather than, you know, you know the, what the Rangers might think of him in the future. Um who knows. You know, obviously uh there's controversy around Georgie and whether he will be moved or not. Uh you know, uh, for me since he's a restricted free agent and I really do think it's so important to have two goaltenders, you're probably not going to get much for Georgie. Eh. I mean, if the if he's in as a throwing piece, trade him. But if not, I'd keep him. There's no reason to trade Georgie for a fifth round pick. I just don't think that's really worth it or even a fourth round. It's just like the the position and security is a lot more valuable than what you what you probably will get for him if you just trade him by himself. Um, you know, it, it's it is what it is. I mean, you know, Andy, looking at the, around the league right now, Florida obviously made their move. Boston made a move. Um, you know, interested to see if the Winnipeg the Winnipeg Jets make a move. Uh, you know, looking around the league, Andy, you know, who's left for the Rangers? Like, like do you think the Rangers make another move to pick up like a cop or something like that? Like who who do we have? Who do we have left?
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's a uh, Chris Drury has been rumored to be on it in on everyone. <laughs> and, uh, the Rangers have a, keep a really tight lip. So any information is usually coming out from the other side, <laughs> a leak on the other yeah. side and not so yeah. much from within the Rangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and just because you're call, all gyms are calling on everyone because you might get a surprise. I think, you know, who knows if you're talking what if uh talks with you don't know if if a uh, Bill Zito in Florida made it known that they were looking to maybe get rid of Vitrano or if they were just talking at another player and then it came up he's like well hey well you know we'll take them you know at at, at full at full you know full price and then that a deal materialized you just don't know so yeah I think there ain't you know some there's and all ob- obviously there's always a w- the waiting out to see if the price drops if because obviously you know if you uh, we see the absolute haul Brandon Hagel got the Rangers aren't willing to pay that. So, you know, you just, sometimes you have to wait until a GM says, all right, all right. Like, and it might be something as simple as like, let's say they want Zach Jones. And then he gets them to say, all right, instead of, you know, you're giving me X, X, Y. And instead of Z being Zach Jones, Z is now Matthew Robertson. That might be enough for a jury to make, pull the trigger. So who knows? Uh, supposedly they're in on cop. supposedly um, it, there's, you know, listen, and, and that's the other thing. There's so many rumors floating around that it's kind of hard to know what's legit and what's not, but you definitely know the Rangers are in on cop. You know, they've uh, kicked the tires on Max Domi in Columbus. You have to, uh, I think Nick Paul is going to be traded. Uh, sorry, my phone's blowing. Um, you know, Nick Paul in or Ottawa is most likely going to be traded. So I assume they've kicked the tires on him as well. Um, it's hard to know. They, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised if they made a small ad, and I wouldn't be surprised if they said, "You know, we didn't get any of our prices and not do anything." And that's the beauty of it. You did make a small ad with Vetrano for your top six, and yeah, maybe they have they have a number of fallback options where at the end it's like their last move is they flip yeah, a third or a fourth for you know, uh, defensive depth who might not even necessarily slot in front of Nemeth. It's just in case Nemeth's not working out or someone gets hurt, they can just put him in. And that's it. And they call it a day. So, you know.
1: Right. And, you know, if you look at our starters, Andy, you know, the, you know, Panarin's obviously like more more so in the forwards, right? We kind of know what we have in our defensemen. You know, Panarin, Kreider, Mika, Str- Strom, I don't think is going to get traded. I know a lot of people want to upgrade that spot, including myself. But let's face it, you're really... There's not a number clear number two center out there. No, you know? and you don't
0: do it in season. Obviously, it, it would be right. stupid. It would really it would be dumb to trade him right now, regardless of how you feel about Strom. And just mostly because he's just literally one of the most popular people in that locker room. You don't you don't mess with chemistry like that and just put an unknown, some you know second line center there in your top six, especially with the power play going the way it's going. So you no, know, exactly, would be and an ill advised move.
1: And it's like at that point, you kind of if you want to bring in a clear number two, you want Ideally, to move Strom to a third line center role or have that, you know, third line be centered by the clear number two who you brought in. Um, you know, Boudreaux is obviously safe. Frank, we just got Heedle. He's playing pretty well. He's your third line center. So, again, if you're going to bring in a, a center that's going to clearly be your guy, I could see him being moved. So, Heedle, Julian Gauthier, McKegg. Like, like who are we really trading uh, like up top? Like these are, these are guys that we're going to have to eventually just upgrade. But, uh, you know, again, I just don't see the Rangers really making a crazy move here. Um, maybe during the off season. And then, like I said, like I mentioned, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with tr- trading Georgiev I'd rather, you know, deal with him in the off season when, you know, the waters are a little bit more calm. Uh, you know, the, the seller's market kind of turns into a neutral market. And, you know, people are preparing for a full season instead of just a playoff push. Uh, But there is a part of me that's like, does this team deserve a little bit more? Does Igor deserve a chance to make a full run here? And then we win a game like last night and you see, you know, how the Rangers are able to play, Andy. And, you know, I I have to say, like if you're not ready to be the full contender now and you don't see the big picture, you know, I don't know. I just For me, it's like, I like what Drury's doing. Like, I like that he's not being impulsive and just trying to, you know, grab a Lindholm, you know, for, before Boston can take them and overpay for these guys. That it's like, are we really ready yet? It's like, maybe not. So let's give it another year. Maybe next trade deadline, a bigger splash will be made, but I, I'm all about it. Just add a couple of depth guys if if needed. Otherwise, I, I'm ready to go to battle with this team. I understand a Stanley Cup is, is probably unlikely, but. You know, this team for me, for some reason, I feel like they can pull something off, like something magical, whether it's winning a a round or two, you know, I I think they can come together and and do something special here in the playoffs. But, you know, I know we're not there yet. I know we're not close, but I I am confident.
0: Yeah, no. And again, who knows? Maybe the Rangers, I could easily see a team like the Rangers getting more out of a low key, low cost rental Then maybe some of the teams that is who knows, you know, Hagel looked pretty good with the the bolts last night, but they gave up a haul for him. And, who you know, you just don't know how it's going to factor in. It's just it's tough. Uh, and again, like I mentioned, I think if the Rangers are looking at low cost, you know, UFAs and things like obviously car Andrew Kopp. But and I mentioned Nick Paul, but who knows? Maybe they want to be reunited with Nemestikov or um yeah, I'm trying to think who else around the league. Uh, maybe a guy like maybe Colin Blackwell <laughs> comes <laughs> back, you know, who knows? Um, I will say this just a, a little aside about since they've added Vitrano to the Panarin and Strom line. I like that Vitrano has become less of a puck hound retrieval per, you know, person or whatever you want to say for Panarin and Strom, uh, it kind of forces those two to do what they don't like to do and get in the corners a little bit more, because in the playoffs that's probably how they're going to have to pay or pay play. So even if it comes at the uh, the the you know the cost of some putting up more points in the regular season, I think overall it's like good for them. I like that Vetrano has you know, and he's using his speed to back off, but you know he's not. I don't I don't think he was doing the Dryden and hunt thing where he's like literally trying to be the first guy in on the puck and then do all this thing and, and just get it back to Panarin and Strom on the boards because that's, I think how they want to play, but I don't necessarily think that's how the coaching staff wants them to play all the time. You know what I mean? So, and now that Dryden Hunt's moved down, I, he's not playing over his head so much. Him and Heedle are a good jump line and Gudrow's a big body who's smart enough to maybe set things up for those other two who are, you know, have great energy and jump and skating ability, but obviously mentally are, they, the game, they can't slow the game down, whereas Goudreau is kind of like the opposite. He's not as uh, fast and flashy as those two, but he's he doesn't panic and he's a big body and he's got a play battle tested and he just can slow the play down and allow those two to you know get in more dangerous positions where those two, they get in on the puck fast and they're great and now they have the puck and it's like a live grenade and they're like, what do I do with this thing? You know what I mean? So that line looked really good last night, so hopefully that might be good for the you know the, that that Vitrano moves already kind of paying dividends
1: right and and you clearly see a difference and that's just a small little upgrade and and you know and everyone you know obviously Giroud didn't want to come to New York and we obviously saw what Giroux did kind of dictating you know his way to Florida with uh you know uh, not wanting to go to Colorado even though Colorado apparently asked asked a little bit more or we were, were willing to give a little bit more than Florida was. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny, Andy, like mm-hmm. all these, like bigger names that are getting moved. Like, I, I really don't think like they would even help the Rangers that much. I, like, I truly don't like, if you added a Giroux to the Rangers, would it help? Of course it would help. But like, I don't see that being ever a difference maker. Like I trust in our, like our guys are, our top guys are playing so well that it's like, no, like these are the difference makers. We would just really needed you know, uh, an extra two lines, like our bottom six, that just relieve some of the pressure sometimes, right? A, a little bit more, you know, uh, a little bit more product. You know, I, I want to see a couple goals punched in with the hard work. In. And you kind of got get that from Rooney, you know, if Rooney's stuck on the fourth line, you know, that that guy, say what you want. But when there are a lot of tight games that we've played where Rooney has, you know, been like a fireball on the ice and and was able to, you know, get scoring chances and stuff like that. If that's our fourth line guy, that's why I'm like confident with this team. You know, I, I, again, when I say I'm confident, doesn't mean I'm confident in winning the Stanley cup. It means I'm confident in being competitive against these bigger teams. And, you know, it, we're willing to throw the body around, you know, and, and it's something we totally missed Andy. And I can't believe we're just bringing this up now. Oh, Yeah, go ahead. But, but, you know, the character on our team just, you know, after Igor gets hit, I forget who, was it Maroon? Maroon, so, yeah, so Maroon, Maroon.
0: And, and, and Lindgren are going behind for a 50-50 puck. Igor go, is already clearly out and playing it, so he's established possession. You can try to get your stick on puck, but you can't like run into the goaltender. Maroon clearly, purposely uh, just skates into him, kind of gives him a little body. And then Lindgren immediately, the wires cross, And even though, despite the the size disparity, he's not going to take any shit. And he immediately starts going after Maroon. Maroon's almost kind of laughing at him, even though they're kind of scrapping a bit. But I love it. And then later, you you see Revo is chirping with uh, Corey Perry on the bench. But you know, and he knew he was going to have to pay for that. Uh, And Reeves and Maroon end up fighting. And I just love when Revo is fighting and how he's just kind of trying to get the guy. He does a little you know shoulders and he puts his hands down like let's go come on like tr- throw me like throw like he just plays mind games and then you know he was clearly not, not it, it, nothing really came of it it was just kind of more blind punches and then maroon trying to stay in there with like you know looking away uh jabs while holding the you know Reeves collar mm-hmm. that type of thing and then Reeves just trying to swing over the top and hit him uh but yeah you know i mean you, again the character of this group is and, you know, I know it's a meme with the Rangers trying to get tough, but you just see it. You definitely just see it this season. They don't and once the dust settles and people forget about last season, then it just has paid so much dividends. They're just such a I don't know, they're just such a more uh mature, composed team despite having a lot of younger pieces, if that makes any sense. And I think that's the hardest lesson for some teams like the Devils to learn that or Ottawa that have perennially been in the bottom, but they have had very few games. Yeah, they surprise teams a lot and they pile on points, but the Rangers used to do that all the time in the regular season. And then they play playoff style games and they get absolutely mauled. You know what I mean? Just because they can't say they can't live and die every shift where you're saying this is just a maintenance hang on shift. I don't care if I turn the puck over by flipping into the neutral zone. I don't care if I just have to let them, but I'm keeping, I'm focused on keeping them to the outside. I'm not trying to make an ill-advised break or a spring pass or whatever. And those teams, you know, are kind of like Ottawa and uh, the Devils are kind of where the Rangers were a few seasons ago, where those, they can't play those type of games with those teams because they just get, they just, yeah, they just can't stay mentally engaged and sharp long enough to do it and also it requires um that's sort of team character we've kind of been alluding to and talking to so yeah because there's yeah there's a lot those teams i think should be better than they are on paper but they're flirting you know they're, they're, they're in the, the bottom four teams in the league so um yeah and then the rangers are where they are so
1: yeah and, and you know it just Again, uh, obviously, you saw Igor at the end of the game with with Revo doing like the punches and stuff like that. And that's great. You know, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see Igor after the game kind of, you know, make a comment like, well, you know, I expect someone to kind of step up and kind of defend me there. And like, there's no question, like it's not even a debate. It's not even like, come on, like who on the Rangers is going to step up? And then you have Ranger fans split being like, well, we don't have a fighter. Who do you expect to drop the gloves? And then, you know, the other half is like anybody anyone to drop the gloves, like you know it just it's good to see that like that kind of has died and it's only been one season it seems like forever and with rangers were that vulnerable team that just never stuck up for themselves but you know here we are just a year later and and it just the entire culture has changed in the rangers locker room especially uh the last thing i want to say andy well not about the rangers before i have a, another bigger question for you but with the New York Rangers and, and, and how they are as a, an entire group, I do think that this squad is is like a playoff run, a playoff push, even if it only lasts a round, I think will be valuable for this main core group that we have. You know, whether Picaco coming back and, you know, uh, like to, it's unfortunate that Stanley Blay won't be around, but, you, you know, some of the younger guys on this team, even like a Dryden Hunt and just, and there are bigger names and the Miller, uh, Miller and Schneider. I think there's a lot to learn with going into the playoffs, getting familiar with what it takes to play at the playoff level. And, you know, I'm very confident in this team that they'll, they'll not just be able to make the playoffs, but learn from the playoffs and kind of come together and come closer. So I'm very confident in our leadership. I'm very high on this team right now, and you know me, you know, I have high highs and very low lows with this squad. So let me have my moment on the top here before the game at six o'clock against the Carolina Hurricanes. You have anything to say to that? No, I mean, yeah, it's down a
0: little bit. No, no, I I think, you know, I think that's kind of par for the course for a team that's in their spot where they're maybe a little bit ahead of schedule and they're still the, the second or third youngest team in the league in terms of most of their personnel. And yet they are where they are. And I just, we've seen really, we've seen such maturation from Kreider and Savannah Jad. Yes, they're obviously, it's easy to say now because they're in their, uh, <laughs> their late 20s and they're almost 30. But um, yeah, it's just the turnover from the McDonough, Stepan, Broussard, Zuccarello uh, era and Lunquist era in New York has been kind of, it's been kind of fascinating to see how now, you know, especially when they were playing it's so funny, I forget that McDonough's on the lightning sometimes and they mention them in it. Like I'm like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's almost been where that's almost what I always used to think about when they play the wild I'm like, Oh, they're playing Zuccarello or oh, they're playing McDonough or all. Oh, it's and they're playing Derek Stepan or Hagelin or something. But I don't really think about that anymore. I'm like, this is the Rangers, you know what I mean? And they're their own they're their own uh their own men now, you know, their own their own leaders. So uh yeah, they have they clearly have a good feeling a good mix in that room it's only going to get better hopefully as long as Drury doesn't do anything too stupid um and yeah just I think just the experience of being in the playoffs and being confident in your abilities in the playoffs is important so um it you know it'd be nice if they went on a run but I'm not really expecting that even if they go out in the first round you obviously don't want them to embarrass themselves but you know I don't know if it's moderately competitive series even if they only win uh two games or whatever it's it's, it is what it is you know so. And again, Tampa got swept by Columbus one year when they were supposed to be like the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup, right? Yep. Uh, and then they bounced back from that, and they it steel, they steeled themselves, and then they, they're now defending back-to-back champions. And you remember them losing in heartbreaking fashion to Chicago when they won their last Cup, um, where they kind of looked a little outclassed, where Chicago was kind of ish to the Rangers a team on on the rise that looked poised to break out but just and had a great run but just couldn't get it done. they just didn't have the the fortitude or whatever you want to say or you know the, the horses yet or the, or their pieces hadn't matured yet. Um, they didn't have the right mix or whatever you want to say but uh, yeah the Rangers are in the early parts of that stages of that so you obviously just hope that their their uh, top guys now age like a fine wine, you know what I mean? With uh, them getting into, you know, Crider is 30, uh, Panarin is going to be 30, right? Sabanajad is right there, um, you know? So, yeah, you just hope that they they age well.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, very well said. And, you know, you look around the, the East, Andy, and this is kind of, you know, the last question I really have sure. for you. Uh, you look at Florida, obviously they're all in, no questions asked. Tampa, all in, no questions asked. Um, you know, Boston making a move to make you know because they, I think you know if you look at Boston, I, I think they're relevant. I think if they're if they're healthy, they're a tough out in the playoffs. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that you know if Boston stays a wild card, which you know odds are they do. I don't, I don't know if they can leapfrog Toronto. I mean they can obviously, but I don't know if they're consistent enough to do it. But, um, you know, my question mainly focuses around the, you know, the Capitals and the Penguins, being that the Rangers are kind of fighting and jockeying for position within the Metro with those two teams. Do you see them making a move here at the deadline? Um, Or if if all things stay the same, Andy, and, you know, most likely Pittsburgh will be, you know, the one within the top three in the Metro. I'm confident playing them in the first round of the playoff, a Schittsburg-Penguins (laughs) team.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the only matchup I'm really looking to avoid is Carolina just because for whatever reason, styles make fights and Carolina's brand of Kung Fu has always tortured the Rangers, you know, Uh, but it could be a mental, it could be a mental thing too. I mean, we'll see coming off of a high win that sometimes that motivates you to like you get false confidence and then a a team rolls over you or it forces you to say, we can skate with them, we can hang with them, and they play better. And if you remember, even though they kind of got, it, it seemed like they got embarrassed uh, against Carolina last time they met in the regular season, you could tell they were mentally frail and felt like they had something to prove and felt a little inadequ- inferior, you know, and inadequate, and it played out that way. Um they still made it interesting as the game went on and they got close to tying it, but then obviously uh, they gave up a bad goal. And so if I think if they're playing like they played last night and they're feeling good about themselves and they're feeling in playoff mentally, it should at least be a close game, although Georgia has a net, so we'll see how he performs, um, You know, especially because Freddie Anderson is having an excellent season if that's who they decide to go with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd be pretty confident playing Pittsburgh. They've only met once and that was a close game that got decided on a power play goal. That was really it, you know? So, and yeah, Jari was excellent that game. So yeah, he, it'd be interesting. I, again, I don't know if (laughs) there's not, you know, I think the only team that I really would like to avoid is, is Carolina just because for whatever reason there, the Rangers don't really match up well with their, uh, their quick attack style, you know? So, but everyone else, I'm kind of confident, at least that they'll have a puncher's chance. So
1: that's really it. Yeah. Well, Andy, we have, Let's see, six games in the next 11 days, Pittsburgh being two of those games, Carolina obviously here tonight at six bells, so you will know what the result of that game was when you listen to this podcast. But you know the Rangers, again, uh, need to finish the month of March strong, and uh, I think by the end of March, you'll kind of know whether or not the Rangers can overtake Pittsburgh. I think these are two huge games coming up against them. Um, even though the other games surrounding the Pittsburgh games, the devil Buffalo and Detroit game are very important. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, every Ranger fan has those Pittsburgh games circled on their calendar and, and, you know, it kind of sees where we lets everyone see where we match up against, you know, the best teams in, in the league. And certainly, you know, Carolina is going to be one of those teams and Pittsburgh and, you know, very interesting to see where the Rangers end up and kind of finish the season. And it'll be, Very interesting to see if there's any more moves made uh, for Drury. See what he does with the final product going into the playoffs. You know, I was one of those guys, Andy, that thought that, you know, maybe this won't be the team that goes into the playoffs. So what am I worried about? But now that I'm feeling like, you know what? Maybe we don't need as much as I thought just to be competitive. You know, if the work ethic is there and the structure is there and we buy into the system and we stick up for each other and play as a group, you know, we can be competitive and, you know, let's see if we can be competitive in a seven game series against some of the better teams. So I'll let you wrap things up here, Andy. What do you got? Yeah. So, uh, again, if you're listening to this Monday morning,
0: enjoy the final uh, hours leading up to the trade deadline this afternoon, because that's going to be, I'm sure, either really wild or really uneventful. But it's always fun to watch just in that last hour with all the trade calls pending uh, all the, the the transactions just start flowing out and it's like a rapid fire and it's a lot of fun so everyone's glued to their phones for that uh james and i will be back on thursday to break down uh, obviously a all the games the rangers have played in the last little while here and also to just see how the smoke is cleared from the trade deadline so it'll be interesting to see what the rangers do and yeah, I mean they just have to keep it uh keep it rolling. But um, luckily there's still, you know, today's the 20, 20th, right? Is it there's uh yep. thirty uh thirty-one days this month, right? Not 30. Yep, I I forget you know 30 days in November, doing yeah. 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 So uh luckily for us, there are still uh 11 days left in uh, Mika of March. So for that I am thankful. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the Hockey Podcast
1: You're listening
0: to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at Hockey New episodes every Monday and Thursday download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.